Welcome to What's Up, Wellness from the Third Floor. This podcast is provided by the Wellness and Health Action Team, also known as WHAT, from Portland State University's Center for Student Health and Counseling. We are located in the old tutoring center suite on the third floor of the University Center building on campus. Our purpose with this podcast is to discuss a variety of health-related topics in a way that will be accessible for our non-traditional campus. My name is Grace, and my pronouns are she, her. And my name is Whitney, and my pronouns are she, her. We are all members of the Wellness and Health Action Team, and we'll be the hosts of this podcast. Let's get into it. All right. Hello, everybody. Good morning, Whitney. How are you doing? I'm great. I had a really good weekend. How are you, Grace? How was your weekend? I'm good. My weekend was honestly super weird. I I mean, it was like because of the snow, everything kind of like blurred together. Yeah. Um, as like starting on Wednesday, I was over at my boyfriend's apartment on Wednesday and I told him and his sister, I was like, Oh yeah, I can meet you guys for coffee, but like I really just need to like be in my own space for a few mm-hmm. days like I'm like I'll get coffee with you guys for like a few hours and then maybe lunch and then I was like okay yeah like we can go I'll go get lunch with you guys and then I was like okay yeah I'll come back to your apartment just for a little bit and then it just started snowing and then I was there for like two full days and I was stranded which it was it was like a not a horrible situation by any means but it was really funny because I was like at first I was just like yeah I'm gonna let's get coffee with you like setting a boundary and then yeah for the sure snow was like I'm gonna strand you here okay cool that's awesome I think the snow came out of nowhere too because I thought it was just gonna snow until 9 a.m and then I leave work and there's no windows in our office and I leave work and it's like 4 p.m and it's still Mm -hmm. snowing and I was like where did the snow come from and have you ever like driven in snow before so I driven in snow not I think it was the last time it snowed and there was like a really big accident Mm -hmm. and like I'm not familiar with <laughs> driving in snow at Wait, all. Wait, what? Really? I know, crazy. <laughs> they don't have snow in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. My um boyfriend was saying that we should have a sticker that says I'm from Hawaii. Like, don't know how to drive in snow. <laughs> Fair. I'm honestly just to let other people know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm glad that you had a good weekend. I hope that everybody who was affected by the snow is okay and not in a dire circumstance it was scary out there for a second so it was I'm glad yeah. it cleared up um so today we're going to talk about the anatomy of an apology so this is a workshop that we did during our training week from Amy Collins and it's um a workshop that Illuminate also does sometimes um maybe some of you have seen it but we decided to deconstruct it into a podcast episode so um starting off what we're going to just be talking about like breaking down an apology how to create a meaningful apology why apologizing is important and also like when you don't have to accept an apology maybe you don't have to apologize yourself or stuff like that so Whitney do you want to kind of start us off on why people have to apologize of course so I love having this conversation about how to apologize I think it's such a hard thing to recognize when you may have caused someone else harm. Um, And so really the whole idea of apologizing and when we have to apologize is when we've learned that we've acted in a way that has caused someone else harm. 
Um, and it's often appropriate to meet that person directly um, by apologizing. And just to give like a basic definition, apologizing is a chance to acknowledge and take responsibility for the hurt or harm that you've caused. Um, and it's a moment to demonstrate to those that you harmed that you understand what you did and what the impact was. Yeah, totally. I think also like recognizing that you need to apologize is huge in and of mm -hmm. itself. Having the maturity and the ability to apologize is massively hard. It's something that I've struggled with a lot, um, especially like in high school and stuff. Um, my friend group was super confrontational. It was like eight or 10 people of us at times and everybody would just confront everybody. Oh, wow. It was, it was like very much like um, nobody really gave a fuck. And would, I think um, that's rare though. I think no, that's yeah, rare. For high schoolers too, like it was insane. Like there would be beef in the group chat and it'd be like in front of everybody or like there'd be certain people who were having trouble, whatever. And honestly, like, I got called out a lot of times in my high school friend group, but I'm still friends with all of them. Um, mm -hmm. We love each other so much. And I just have been reflecting on that recently. Like my ability or my friend's ability to like call me, not call me out in a way where they like put me on blast, but to more like rather call me in and give me an opportunity to apologize has helped me become a person who is willing to apologize without being given the opportunity, if that makes sense. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that totally like, makes sense. Like I used to be the type of person who would only apologize if someone was asking for an apology or like coming toward me expecting an apology. But now I've matured and I've developed and I have interpersonal skills that I've learned. And part of it is recognizing that I need to apologize and stepping up to apologize. So um, that kind of goes into our next point where it's like impact versus intention. Um, so this is kind of what I was just saying, like I would apologize to people or many people think that apologizing just is part of like the intention of it. Just like, oh, I apologize. I said, I'm sorry. Can you just like move on? Like that type of thing versus an impactful apology. So um Again, you may need to apologize more than once or many times, depending on the severity of the harm, how deep the hurt was, how badly the trust was broken, or if the hurt became a pattern. Um, and I think that, what's your opinion, Whitney? Like, would you want, if someone apologized to you and you didn't accept it, would you want them to keep pushing at you to, I think it is very like dependent on the situation, but I'm interested in hearing your opinion. For sure. I definitely think it depends on the situation because if I wasn't ready to hear that apology, I probably wouldn't take it as well as if I was like in a calmer state or like ready or and willing to like build that relationship up with that person again. Um, and it all, I think it depends on the hurt and like how bad of the situation it was totally. and if I'm willing to repair that relationship with that person. Yeah. And I think that even it can take a long time to repair mm -hmm. and it can take a long time to kind of build up that impact of the apology. Um, like it can take years. There are certain people that, you know, you want to keep in your life or who are important to you. 
and they haven't properly apologized, but you're still letting them go through the steps of eventually apologizing to you because you want to keep them in your life. Or maybe mm-hmm. you're that person that's hoping on the other side, apologizing over the course of time. Um, so it is really dependent, but it also ultimately comes down to the fact that apologizing is a fundamental part of rebuilding a relationship and rebuilding trust. And because of this, it's a key place for us to practice vulnerability, um, which puts my brain on fire sometimes being vulnerable, oh, yeah. <laughs> like even just in general being vulnerable, but apologizing is such a deeper level of vulnerability because you're exposing yourself. You're acknowledging that you messed up and you are asking someone to forgive you. And that person might not want to. So it's, it's a very vulnerable act to be genuinely apologizing to someone. Um, And the only way to build trust is through this vulnerability. And it's key in our work to end cycles of violence, because when violence or harm happens, trust is one of the first things that gets broken. So apologizing and repair are often interdependent on each other. Um, So that's a very like straight, succinct way to say it. But um, I think that ending these cycles of harm really does take time and care and proper apologies. Yeah, I like what you were saying about vulnerability. I think being able to recognize when you need to apologize to someone or when you may have caused harm towards another person um, is really important. And it's really hard skill to be vulnerable in the first place. Um, But like you said, Grace, it's such an important step in order to help build that trust again um, if the person who is hurt chooses to do so. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but I also like what you were saying earlier of like recognizing when to apologize is really important because I think that's the first step is like, I don't know, for me, I kind of, when I like maybe have said something out of place or like, I kind of know that, oh, I should not have said that, or I should not have done that. And like, I kind of get that feeling already. And that's for me to like recognize, but I think recognizing when to apologize is a really good step. Um, So some of the times that you may have to apologize to someone is when you have may have hurt them or insulted someone, you behaved in a disrespectful way, you judge someone too harshly or unfairly. Um, you engaged in a behavior that you knew was wrong, unhurtful or hurtful or unfair. And honestly, this is just the beginning. There are so many like times that you may have to apologize. Um, and it does take effort to recognize it. But I think these are just some examples of behaviors or like things that you've done that you may have to apologize for. Um, And it's also important to recognize when accountability might not be possible. Um, And it's kind of like what we were talking about, like depending on the person who is harmed, if they want to engage with the person who harmed them. So like, for example, if someone hurt me and I wasn't ready for them to apologize because I'm still grieving through that hurt, like I might not want to engage with that person. And so that is an example of when repair might not be possible, even if you apologize. Um, And also like if the person who was harmed doesn't know how to take accountability, um, that's also an example of when repair might not be possible. Um, Because if 
the person who harmed someone didn't take accountability or didn't apologize in the most sincere way, then repair might not be possible. Yeah. And I think that that is also like part of going back to what you were saying of like when to apologize and how apologizing and repair are interdependent on each other and like sitting with that accountability it's so uncomfortable like honestly (laughs) I'm just gonna keep saying it like sitting in that space where you know that you messed up and you need to apologize is really really uncomfortable for people and um, I've seen people in my life and in other areas of other people's lives like Mm -hmm. they would rather never talk to that person ever again than sit with the discomfort of acknowledging that they messed up or they miscommunicated or something like that and that's like it's so avoidant to the point where it's like an apology isn't even genuine anymore um does that make sense like that uncomfortableness is enough to draw people away from each other to the point where there's no repair even possible um so taking that accountability is really important but um like you said Whitney the person maybe when accountability isn't possible or repair might not be possible is when the person harmed doesn't want to engage with the harmer um and that could be a form of non-acceptance so like non-acceptance of an apology can come from either your apology is not crafted very correctly like you're just Mm -hmm. like okay I'm sorry like it's not enough like I said I'm sorry can you just move on like that type Mm -hmm. of thing um and then also being a victim not in the position to hear an apology um hearing an or apologizing to someone does not mean that you're entitled to their forgiveness it's just one step of the conversation um even a sincere apology doesn't mean anyone owes you their time energy or making up um which I think is difficult for a lot of people um to go through the whole phase of uncomfortably speaking or like being vulnerable and confronting this person and apologizing and then if they don't accept it then it also is just like another whole thing that you have to sit with but um you have to remember if you're the person being apologized to you don't have even how no matter how genuine that apology is if they deeply hurt you in a way that you're not ready to accept an apology that's okay too Mm -hmm. um and also like it could be the apology is insufficient to the harm that was done. So something really drastic happens. And then the person's just like, Hey, I know that this happened. I'm sorry. Like that wouldn't not, that wouldn't, that apology would not work Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. This whole conversation is just so interesting. I'm glad that we're talking about it because it's something that I think is a major growing pain for a lot of people. And um, especially people at our age, when you're navigating new relationships and you're kind of like dipping your toes into the adult world, having these tools and being able to sit with your vulnerability and sit with these uncomfortable feelings is majorly important to leading good relationships that fulfill you. Yeah. And it's all about growth too. Like this might be a little bit of a tangent, but I think like we're not the same people that we were when we were teenagers. No, and, not like, at all. <laughs> I think like recognizing that we can apologize because I definitely have been in relationships before that I did not know how to apologize. And I just didn't know that I needed to apologize. And yeah. an apology, like looking back, probably would have went a long way. 
Yeah. And like now I just try to like move forward knowing that like I mm-hmm. need to or knowing when I need to apologize um, and recognizing that. Yeah, totally. I always kind of felt like my apologies growing up or even when I was a teenager were always coming from an over-explaining point of view or like a defensive point of view. And even if I felt like I didn't need to apologize because I explained the situation, it still doesn't change the fact that the other person was emotionally hurt by my actions or my words, even if it was like in my brain, something that I wouldn't get upset over. Like that's a whole different, this is kind of a separate thing, but like being able to separate yourself from your own emotions and acknowledging and empathizing another person's emotions is a major part of a genuine apology. So we're going to kind of get into how to yeah. craft an apology. The let's get into it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's get into it. Like, how do we even apologize the quote unquote correct way? Um, and this might seem very silly or like, like, duh, of course, you have to start with the actual I'm sorry, or I apologize. Like, it might sound super silly, like, duh, of course, you have to say like the words I'm sorry, or I apologize. But I think when kind of like what Grace was saying, if you kind of have the mindset of going into it by like explaining what happened, and you could sometimes forget to even say the words I'm sorry, or I apologize. So I think the first step in crafting, excuse me, crafting an apology is starting out by saying, I'm sorry, or I apologize, um, and recognizing that first. And then the second thing that you need to have in your apology is naming the hurt or harm. So for example, if something that you said might've been racist, say it like say that it was racist, don't say, oh, I was confused or I don't know, or I didn't know, just name it. I think like recognizing that what you said was wrong and like what you said was racist, like just by putting it out there and very clearly stating like, I'm sorry, what I said Mm -hmm. was racist. I think it just shows the other person that you recognize exactly what you did and acknowledging that makes it clear to the person that you know exactly what you did and what was wrong. Yeah. And even I've, I've, I feel so bad. I'm sorry for apologizing or um, interrupting you. (laughs) You're totally Um, fine. I just want to say like, if your behavior, like what you were saying is racist and you're coming at it from like, oh, I was confused or like, oh, I didn't know any better. Like that can be part of your apology like you can say like I didn't know but that doesn't detract from the fact that you did something racist or Mm. like in general hurtful like even if you are even if you genuinely didn't know this is like a place for growth and opportunity and you would want to apologize too like I know I would want to apologize if someone called me out for being racist or like Mm -hmm. harmful in that way um and so to instantly defend yourself by being like oh I didn't know like that's just a cop out so right and we're say that yeah yeah and like we were saying earlier like we're not the same people and I think the whole point of life is to grow and so if you said something racist and you're apologizing and you're acknowledging that what you said was racist it's only going to hopefully deter you in the future Mm -hmm. um from saying that again yeah um 
And I, I want to say like learning to apologize and like having this whole kind of anatomy of it is a chance to practice care and empathy and compassion um, instead of instantly like being deflective and defensive. Like I said, like you can say something like, oh, I can only imagine how painful that was for you. I would be very hurt and angry too. I can see why you wouldn't trust me again. Like being empathetic in these moments is really, really important. And expressing these feelings of remorse and shame and humility often show the offender or show that the offender recognizes the suffering of the offended. Um, and I think like coming with an apology from a sympathetic point of view in most cases, if it's like you're the one who harmed someone is really not a very good. It's not like a good apology. Coming at it from an angle of like an empathetic apology is really important, um, but also like differentiating between those. But yeah, um, I think that that is like knowing someone will know if your apology is genuine because you will be having these feelings of remorse and shame and stuff like that. And if you don't, then that's a bigger conversation to have. Um, mm -hmm. We're kind of limited on time, so I want to keep going. But um, after you've kind of named the hurt and you said you're, I'm, I'm sorry, and you've expressed that you do acknowledge that you hurt someone, you have to kind of like name that impact and invite the sharing in the conversation. So this is a place to practice true remorse and show your vulnerability and focused on the impact instead of the intent. Um, that kind of goes back to like our example of if someone was being racist, I feel like a lot of people, if they are acting racist or if they've said something racist, their instant kind of go-to is like, oh, that wasn't my intent. Like you guys are too soft. Like that's, da -da -da. and it's just like, that's not the impact that's happening. It's even if your intent was quote unquote well-meaning, it doesn't change the impact of it. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of having this place to practice that knowing impact versus intent and practicing empathy, care and compassion and integrity, and then inviting the other person who was named or who was hurt to share the impact of your actions, asking them like, is there anything else you'd like me to understand about how this impacted you? Or like, can you tell me your feelings on this? Like, I'm really sorry. I want to continue this conversation. Um, and if you are the person that's been hurt, you don't necessarily have to be invited into this conversation. Like you don't have to like tell the other person how they impacted you if you're not ready either. Yeah, I think those are really good points. I think having this conversation and asking, like, is there anything else you would like me to understand about how this impacted you can be a really good start um, for the conversation and where it's leading. And it also is just really good to like hear the other person's point of view, especially when you're the person who did the harm. Um, I think it allows like that conversation to be started and it also helps you to validate and take responsibility. So in order to help restore a victim's power is to like acknowledge the responsibility for causing the victim harm. Um, and then after, if you did have that conversation, if the person who was harmed did have that conversation with you, 
like, I think it's important to thank them for their experiences and like that helps to validate them and like understanding where they come from. And so you could do this by saying, uh, thank you for sharing how hurt and angry you felt. Those feelings are understandable. And this was not your fault. I think that this was not your fault is really important to be in there because it's explicitly saying that um, what happened or the harm that was caused is not their fault because that's how they may have internalized it. And it's you recognizing again and like taking responsibility for what you did or what you said. Um, yeah. And it's just taking responsibility for it again. Yeah, totally. And I feel like this conversation that we're having is kind of black and white in this scenarios that we're coming up with where it's like someone very much was hurt and the other person was not being hurt Um, Mm -hmm. but I still think that there's value in applying all these tools to messier situations because I really feel like any sort of situation is not very black and white no matter how much you want to try and spin it like everybody's gonna have some version of what happened and so acknowledging that what you did is hurtful is really important And then maybe acknowledging how the other person hurt you, if it's like something where you both were having issues. Um, I think coming to terms with the fact that even no matter how much you apologize, the other person might not apologize for how they hurt you if it's like a two-person thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's just like important to acknowledge because it's so hard to apologize in general. So, and it gets so much harder when there's all these different stories happening. but an, another important part of this anatomy of an apology is like committing to the change that you're you're implying when you're apologizing, committing to not doing that hurt or harm again. Um, and then this step is key because it doesn't matter how great your apology was if you continue the hurt or harm. So um, you could in your apology say like, I'm really sorry. Um that I did this, I don't want to do it again. Like you can say that you don't want to do it again, but if you kind of say a plan on how you will avoid repeating the mistake, that goes a long way as well. Um, Saying like, I'm gonna, I don't know, respect your boundaries at, or respect your boundaries from now on. Like I'll make sure to change my behavior or like stuff like that. I think that's a really essential part to kind of wrapping up an apology because it does show that like you've put thought and intention into the apology and you haven't just like thought of words and are expecting someone to be happy with the words that that you're giving them. Um, So you could say like, is there anything else you need to help restore this relationship? Is there anything else you need or want to say to be able to continue working together on our relationship, friendship, et cetera? Um, I like this part of the apology. I think that it's it shows intention and a quality apology. I would like if someone had hurt me and then told me how they were going to change their behavior to not hurt me again, that would go so much further than them just saying that they're sorry. Yeah, I totally agree. I think not trying to say that one part of the apology is more important than the others but I definitely think this is one of the key important parts of absolutely an apology um and this next step of an apology wasn't a part of the powerpoint but I think Grace and I really wanted to acknowledge and we wanted to respect the person who may have been hurt by the cause and so if you find yourself needing to apologize and you're having this conversation you're 
yeah, and you're having this conversation and apologizing, accepting the response of the victim or accepting the response of how they are reacting or their response and everything that they've said throughout the conversation, even if they don't want to continue the relationship further. I think it's important to respect that boundary. And even if you come into this conversation with good intent and want to apologize, if that person doesn't want to accept your apology or doesn't want to continue the relationship with you, it's important to accept that within this apology and accept that they have these boundaries and they put boundaries up. And yeah, that's kind of the last step that Grace and I wanted to include in how to apologize. Yeah. I think that that acceptance part is crucial. And it also, again, is like I said, this whole conversation, the whole apologizing is really difficult, but I think a lot of people come into apologies with a half-hearted expectation that the apology is enough. Um, And I think a lot of people expect others to just be very forgiving and patient with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm very forgiving and patient person, but I have put up boundaries with other people before um, due to the fact of the hurt that they caused and stuff like that. So, um, and I've also been on the other side where it's like, I've apologized and been like, oh, okay, like my apology is enough. And then that person might accept the apology, but they don't change their boundary for me. Like I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that kind of entitlement is kind of what holds people back from really f- fully embracing a true apology or a true apology I think um so yeah and I, I definitely think it's important to recognize that we are progressing we're trying to progress in our relationships with other people and we're trying to not strive for perfection because let's be real like nobody's perfect no <laughs> if you haven't realized that I am sorry to burst your bubble but nobody is perfect in this world and we will not always but we'll hurt people we'll misunderstand people we might harm each other and I think it's important to recognize that we're all human and we all live in unfortunately such an incredibly like violent and harmful world and that's just kind of the way it is um but it's important to recognize that because we have to learn how to be accountable when we inevitably mess up like let's be real we're all gonna mess up if we haven't already sometime in our life which I'm sure we all have messed up before um and I think it's just important to know like when you do mess up what are you gonna do what are you gonna do about it um and it's not to let anyone off the hook or excuse anyone for like harming someone if we say oh we're all human like I've made a mistake it's whatever it's not anything like that it's really just for us to push and acknowledge the reality of the harm that we did and continue or rather than continue to live in the fantasy like we've created about the harm like recognizing it and acknowledging what we did was harmful And honestly, we just want to try to reduce harm whenever possible. And that's why Grace and I thought it was important to talk about anatomy of an apology, because 
harm is everywhere. And honestly, we just want to try and reduce it as much as possible. Um, and one way to do that is apologizing rather than trying to avoid conflict or like run away from it. Yeah. And I can really relate to this because it took a while for me. And I wouldn't even say I'm confrontational now, but it definitely did take a while for me to acknowledge things that I've done and what has happened and yeah. being able to recognize when I need to apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having that avoidant strategy instead of apologizing, I think does more harm than, um, than like, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. I think, I just, I think <laughs> that like, if someone has hurt me and, and instead of doing an apology, they just avoid it in hopes that like, I don't remember or I forget. I think that is so much more harmful. And if you hurt me and avoided apologizing to me and then came back to me months later and tried to apologize, I'd be like, what about all the months that passed when you avoided me? Like that's going to just deepen the hurt so much and create so much resentment that an apology is going to be so much more difficult. So I think also like another crucial thing about this is timing with apologies. Like what we said earlier, like I don't like if you really hurt me and you apologized like the second afterward, I'd be like, okay, I'm so this is so fresh that I can't even hold this conversation with you. But if you didn't apologize to me for like this crazy amount of time, I'd be like, okay, well, obviously that person didn't care enough to apologize to me in the first place. So it's Mm. a very um, fine line, tricky, kind of tricky. I don't know. What would you do, Whitney? Like, that is really tricky. if If I like really hurt your feelings or something, which I would rather die than do that but (laughs) not to be dramatic but um (laughs) if I really hurt you uh, over something and I didn't apologize to you for like months and I came crawling back for whatever reason and was like hey sorry I did that like yeah I would would you do I would definitely question the Mm -hmm. the motives the motive of it but I it really depends I think on how big the hurt was because maybe the person who was harmed does need those months yeah because yeah I think it really just depends because if it was a really big deal and let's Mm -hmm. say I was the one who was hurt maybe I do need those months to like really reflect and think do I want that person in my life and like yeah if I do what does that mean and what kind of boundaries do I want to set with that person yeah I know people who we're not friends with others for years and then they Mm -hmm. finally kind of came back together and are friends again um and I think it all is just very dependent but I think just the timing it's just all so like gray area it is um but I think that we did a I think we both did a good job of kind of conveying everything Mm -hmm. um, that we wanted to say and using this kind of as a solid baseline is really important and knowing these steps. Um, and if you are interested in learning more, um, illuminate who illuminates the, um, interpersonal violence group that also works within HP and they do workshops on this. And there's also, um, a new campus well article that came out on Wednesday, March 1st. Um, and it's called unpacking and navigating forgiveness. So this is also kind of another little campus well blog that our lovely coworkers, Michaela and Kelly work on. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking with me, Whitney, today. Thanks, Grace. Hope you have a good rest of your week. We are starting week nine. 
Week nine. Week nine, yeah, guys. Yeah, we're going into week nine. This is being oh my gosh. Friday. Crazy, crazy. Um. <laughs> Anyways, bye, guys. Hope you have a good weekend. Yeah, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. I hope that you all got something from this and practice apologizing to each other because with more apology comes more forgiveness comes better tomorrows. And that's my speech. <laughs> okay, bye, Whitney. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.